All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Shark City Podcast, episode 24 of season two. I'm your host, Aaron James. Shark City Podcast is the official podcast of SharkCityHockey.com, proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. So I'm pretty sure most of you are now full-time hockey fans here in the Bay Area. It's been a tough weekend if you are a Bay sports fan. Um, Friday evening, specifically for Sharks fans, that was tough. That was tough going to... um, you know, Carolina and um, having one of the biggest, biggest uh, chokes of the season. We'll get into all that and more. So we're going to cover and we're going to pretty much react to the meltdown that went, you know, against Brett Burns and Carolina Hurricanes as well as uh, the victory. So, you know, we'll end it on a good note with beating Sid the Kid. Some of the Sharks found a way to defeat Sidney Crosby in his um, hometown at the PPG Arena. Uh, we're going to speak about some of the prospects, because I've seen this on Reddit. I'll be 100 with you. I've seen this on Reddit. Some fans were saying, hey, um, instead of spending so much time on Connor Bedard because the chances of landing him are, um, I mean, not to say that it can't happen. Like, it will not, it will not happen, but it's unlikely. It's unlikely, as of right now, uh, via Tankathon, the Sharks are sitting at uh, fifth worst team in the uh, NHL. And I believe um, if the season was to begin today, that gives us like 8.5% chance of um, of getting the draft lottery victory. Anyways, um, double check that stat for me uh, on the fly. Uh, so we're going to go to some, you know, the top five prospects, essentially, but not number one, obviously, being Connor Bedard, because you've heard so much about him already. We might as well start to get to know some of the um, potential players that Sharks actually have a legitimate chance at. Uh, we'll also cover um, some of the games that are going to be going down the month of February, as well as preview the NHL All-Star game, because after all, Eric Carlson is going to head over there and represent San Jose. And, uh, you know, that and much more coming up on the, today's show. Um, all right. So yes, yes. Uh, we got a comment on YouTube. That was terrible. Yes. We might as well get into it, right? Let's not, um, delay the inevitable here. Uh, let's react to the Carolina hurricane game, man. Okay. So the last episode we got together about three days ago and we were talking about how, um, you know, the hurricanes were the number one of the division and how the Pittsburgh Penguins found themselves in overtime games like five out of the last six i believe it was um so all that to say is i knew it was going to be tough for the sharks to win the game uh speaking specifically of the hair of the hurricanes but i had hope i was hopeful that they could you know take it to the pens just given the fact that they've been playing back-to-backs and a lot of their games are going to overtime so i'll move on um really quick here so Let's just cover this game. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because, you know, it is a downer, but there's obviously some, th- some things that um, need to be addressed here. Um, I want to say like this. The 2022-23 San Jose Sharks have found a way to lose a game after scoring an empty netter to go up by two. The Carolina Hurricanes scored two goals just 85 seconds apart to force overtime in the final two minutes of the game. Carolina only needed 55 seconds of extra time to secure the two points in the standings and to complete the comeback. 
Oh, man. Um, you know what? I honestly thought the Sharks had this. Like much of you out there. Um, sucks. It really does. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. It was demoralizing. And I've never seen, and again, this is going to be reaction, okay? So we'll get to some of the stats a little bit. But I've never seen a loss so profoundly demoralize the franchise like I did um, and like most of you did this past Friday against Carolina. I mean, that you could feel it. Um, you could feel the effects of this loss or, or the, um, the implosion that was, you know, um, <laughs> Carolina's comeback. But anyways, uh, you could feel it like, re like just um, reverberate. You could feel it, like it trans. It just transcend everything in Sharks territory, from the ice, you know, from the players to the fan base to the broadcast booth. Um, this this one was tough. Okay, so I just want to say that first and foremost. Um, let's get into the stats. All right, so. Um, Really quick, looking at the box score, San Jose put 29 shots compared to Carolina's 36. They put on 22 hits on the body while Carolina put up 14. Uh, San Jose Sharks blocked 16 shots. Carolina blocked 11. Uh, San Jose had 47.8% of faceoff wins. Carolina obviously 52.2. Uh, Sharks gave it away 8 times, whereas the Hurricanes gave it away 10 times. Obviously, Sharks took it away 10 times. Um, oddly enough, um, Carolina had 12 takeaways as well. Uh, zero for two is probably going to be one of the um, big points here is that we weren't able to convert on the uh, man advantage. And that one power play goal, I want to I focus on that in just a minute. That one power play goal essentially um, played a huge, huge factor in this loss. I mean, obviously, the you know, lack of defense and goaltending is, you know, primary, number one. But um, the goal. Let's go into the summary of the goals. All right. So uh, first period, San Jose Sharks. Uh, we started off hot. Okay. San Jose Sharks started off like just four minutes and fifty seconds to the game, and bam, they netted one. Oscar Lindblom. He had a tip in of of Guinea Savetsnov, another uh, secondary assist to Steven Lorenz. Uh, but yeah, he redirect a uh, shot pass. Um, Antti Ranta, who was um, net minding for Carolina that night uh, for his fifth goal of the season. And um, you know everything was looking everything was looking great. You know, just the start you wanted to see. Um, you know, everything was just kind of um, seen to be a fair matchup. Um, late in the game, uh, specifically about two minutes twenty seven seven seconds remaining, um, the Sharks gave up the game tying goal um, to go into the first intermission. Uh, Calvin Dehan he beat. Uh, Reimer with a wrist shot. I'm not going to go into all the point scores for the uh, Canes, but you get the point. It was pretty much a scoreless second period. So here's here's where we're going to start to focus on uh, the third period here. Um, so first, let me jump into the penalties. All right. So uh, only two penalties. All right. Nico Stern committed both penalties for the Sharks. Two penalties. But I think the one... Oh, so both occurred in the second period, by the way. So it was a scoreless second period, but the Sharks... Specifically, Nico Sturm uh, found himself in the sin bin, um, giving these guys what ultimately what I think is like you know their chance. Obviously, we're gonna go back to see. I mean, the way it went down in overtime was just horrific. It was horrific. We'll get into that in a minute. But 
this power play goal against played a huge factor and you know in the outcome of this game considering that you know what's an overtime but um i digress uh nico stern committed both penalties again for the sharks in the second period and it was a second call for interference that really bit the sharks as um every goal in this game with the exception of that one was scored on even strength okay um so 17 seconds into the second frame 17 seconds into the second period um the sharks give up a goal the power play goal uh, third period pardon me uh, so the power play goal by sebastian ajo sebastian ajo was a name that we were hearing frequently that night um he obviously scored another goal that kind of started the three consecutive you know um, unanswered goals the comeback for carolina but back to the point um, let me just let me just focus on sharks here um in the third period nick bonito scored his ninth of the season uh, they tied the game, so um, following that 17-second opening power play goal, Nick Bonito answers back, gets his fifth goal in the past nine games. And, um, yeah, uh, Ace, um, Michael Asima, another name you've been hearing these past two games, you know, you got his third point as a sound of shark at that moment. Obviously, about uh, five minutes, give or take, um, later, he scores his second goal of the season. Uh, wrist shot assists go to Nico Sturm and Mario Ferraro. Thank goodness, you know what I mean? Because uh, Nico Sturm, you know, a great way to make up for, you know, um, a goal against when you are in the box is to go out there and set up one, right? Anyways, um, Mario Ferraro got his fifth of the season. Mario Ferraro had himself a good game too because, you know, he put the empty netter in with a minute and 52 seconds remaining in the game. Michael Asimov got his uh, eighth assist of the season. So, um... First of all, that was Asimov's first goal as a shark. All right, so that gave us the 3-2 lead, making it his second multi-point game with his new club, San Jose. And then Mario Ferraro, excuse me, Mario Ferraro, the empty netter, with like a buck 52 to go, gave the Sharks 4-2 lead. And um, that was Asimov's third point of the game which means that was his career best performance, all right? So it's a shame that it went down the way it did because um, this new addition in some of the Sharks who we claim off of waivers is, you know, he's, he's looking pretty hot. He, he really is. Um, you know, maybe he just hasn't got the memo, but there's something about when some of the Sharks acquire new players. Um, they seem to go out there and be the ones to shine. Anyways, we'll see if he gets with the program later. Just kidding. Um, so he, he, here's my point with all this stuff um so really quick just for just to be more thorough uh the sharks so the sharks surrendered a goal at 1823 sebastian ajo got his second of the game um 1948 so like what less than a minute later um or give or take a minute and some change later uh martin nikas got his he that guy so he scores back to back off so he got the one that tied the game up before with like 12 seconds remaining and then 55 seconds in, he beats, um, you know, Reimer. That play was so ridiculous. I mean, I looked at it again, and I could see how the rebound just kind of like... Uh, anyways, I'm not, I don't want to get into it. But this is all I'm going to say, okay? The new two or fewer is real. It is real, okay? Now, this isn't something I made up. This isn't something that's like, you know, the... Um, you know, the... How do I say this? I'll just straight to the point instead of all you know all the flair. 
Um, this is from fans, specifically from fan base. Okay, the fan base, the Sharks fan base, uh, they are the ones coming up with this. So the traditional two or fewer is if the San Jose Sharks hold their opponents to two goals or fewer, they typically win games. However, this season, it's changed. And this is again, this I'm just reporting from the fan base. Okay, uh, but the new two or fewer is that the San Jose Sharks are letting in goals uh, with two or fewer minutes, either into a period or at the end of a period. All right, and this game was like the epitome of it this season. All right, so in the second period, the San Jose Sharks surrendered a goal 17 seconds in. Yes, it was on the power play, okay, but still, they surrendered it 17 seconds after opening faceoff in the third period, or second period, pardon me. Third period, two goals with, um, um, pardon me, two goals within a minute and 30, or with a minute and 37 seconds remaining, pardon me. All right, so two goals with a minute and 37 seconds remaining. And then in overtime, obviously 55 seconds in. So you get you get, you get the uh, gist of what I'm trying to say here is the new two or fewer is real. It really is. Um, ah. it, it, it's, it's a shame. It really is a shame that the Southern Sharks dropped this game. Um, and that's really all I had to say in terms of reaction. Um... You know, I think I think there comes a time, and this is just again, this is pure reaction, so this is gonna be soapbox for a minute. But um I think there comes a time when like um and th- this is for all you out there listening, all, all you and I know you all got a job to do, reporters. But I think there's a time and a place when when you ask certain questions. So first of all, if you're a barrier athlete this weekend is you know, you've been you've been getting some um exceptional tape on being uh, on taking you know an exception to some of the questions that may have been presented to you but i mean do the guys a favor all right so as of today as of today the sound of the sharks after 51 games have only won 15 times okay so that means 36 games out of the year they have to go through these press conferences and continue to just after kind of like you know i don't want to say status quo but essentially you know like what went wrong blah 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 you know it's just it's it's demoralizing it's demoralizing um i don't know if it's you're looking for for reaction or if you know you genuinely just want to know what happened as if you couldn't tell yourself by watching but um i i mean i'm not saying start throwing them soft soft questions but what i'm trying to get at here is like you know um, read the room. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, the only thing less appealing than watching the Sharks lose in such fashion is having to uh, listen to those post-game um, press conferences with, with all those questions. I mean, anyways, it is what it is. Um, so let's let's move on. Let's move on because I think that's enough. No one, no one wants to talk about that loss in that fashion. Let's get on to the greener pastures here and let's react to beating Sid the Kid. That's right. Sounds like Sharks went to Pittsburgh just less than 24 hours after, you know, um, coughing up probably the biggest um, upset for them this season. Uh, but they went into the PPG Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and, um, you know, they put on quite a show. The Sounds like Sharks defeated, um, you know, their Stanley Cup foes. Uh, six to four, 
Logan Couture leads by example with a 5.9. EK65 earns his 65th point at 6.5 seconds remaining in, in the period. I mean, man, that's amazing. And then Kapokakin, and probably more importantly, earned his first win since January, uh, what was it, 11th or 10th against the Arizonas. Pardon me on the date. All right, so um, let's let's just jump into this really quick. Let's talk about the goals, all right? Um, so first period, a minute and 25 seconds is the game. It's what you want to see. Sounds like Sharks answer. Michael uh, AC, Mikey, or AC. I like AC. Randy Hahn and Drew Romano were talking. Randy Hahn and Drew Romano were talking about the um, – the nicknames that he has. And um, they, they're suggesting maybe Ace. Was it Ace? Yeah, Ace. I like that. I don't know how y'all feel out there, but I, I I dig it. I dig it. I prefer that over Mikey, but that's just my opinion. Anyways, um, Michael Ace Mott, uh with the wrist shot, um, he beats uh, goaltender uh, Ford Pittsburgh Penguins. Who was the goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins that night? I totally forgot. Anyways. Um, let me look that up really quick on my page. I should have had that on sharkcityhockey.com. Anyways, um, I'm moving on. Who cares about the pens? <laughs> Goaltender. Um, Casey DeSmith. There we go. Casey DeSmith. Um, so yeah, um, Michael Asimov gets his third goal of the season with a wrist shot beating Casey DeSmith. Uh, assists go to Logan Chor, Mark Edward Vlasic. Chor's uh, 21st assist of the season. Vlasic's 12th. Um, obviously a minute 25 into the game. The Sharks are looking hot again. Early on, and then um, you know the power play, not ours. <laughs> um, power plays for Pittsburgh. Uh, two penalties committed in that uh, first period. Jacob McDonald holding against Brian Rust. Evgeny Savetchnikov, uh, pardon me. Wow, Evgeny Savetchnikov slashing against Sidney Crosby. Um, yeah, so you know they made us pay. They made us pay early on. Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby specifically. Sidney Crosby takes inception to the slash, lights the lamp. That's all the that's all the um hype you're gonna get from from me here on out. But um you know in the reverse on the alternate universe or whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, with seven six from seven seconds remaining, pardon me, uh the new two or fewer kind of had a reverse was in favor for San Jose. And um Eric Carlson uh tips in the puck. Uh, he scores again with 6.5 seconds remaining in the first period, earning his 65th point. And um, yeah, he ties the game late. It's uh, his, if I'm not mistaken, 33 points throughout 32 games against the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. This stat is coming from Sharks uh, PR via Twitter. Uh, they had posted that um, Eric Carlson has 33 points, that's six goals, 27 assists, and 32 games against Pittsburgh in his career. And um, he recorded a five or a point in five of six games against Pittsburgh as a San Jose Shark. So I thought that was pretty unique. Um, following uh, that late period goal into the second period, the San Jose Sharks open up the scoring uh, in the second frame. Noah Gregor gets his third of the season. Logan Couture again gets another apple. Um, obviously, uh, Couture, he gets three assists and two goals on the night. Uh, we're going to say a little bit more, but Noah Gregor scored his third of the season to put the Sharks in front um, of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So now we have, um, you know, we have ourselves quite the game. About 10 minutes later, literally 10 minutes to the dot. Um, shorthanded, sounds like Sharks surrender a shorthanded goal. <laughs> 
And um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, 17 minutes, 7 seconds remaining. Or at 17 minutes and 7 seconds into the second period. Wow, say that five times fast. Alexander Barabanov uh, scores a goal off a slap shot. Logan Couture got a primary assist, 23rd of the season. Matt Benning got his 20th on the secondary. Uh, so Alexander Barabanov has reached 30 points. He has seven goals and 23 assists this year. And um, Logan Couture and Matt Benning, um, or how do I say this, with the assist, Logan Couture had a three-assist night, as I mentioned previously. This is all coming from PR, from Sharks on Twitter, pardon me. And Matt Benning had a one goal, 20 uh, assists this season. And that's matched his career best since 2017-18 for points in the season. Again, that's that coming out of Sharks PR from Twitter. Um, by the way, we might as well plug it. Whether you're listening live on Twitter, if you are listening or watching live on Twitter, pardon me, listening or watching live on YouTube or listening or watching live on Facebook, by all means, uh, leave a comment in the comment section and I'll interact as, um, as you know, we go along here on the fly. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, um, via your favorite podcast platform, um, I encourage you to check out the video. Obviously, the video and the audio version of this show is always put together in the same post at SharkCityHockey.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes will be found available at SharkCityHockey.com. All right. And I invite you, of course, while you're watching to smash that like button, smash the subscribe button, uh, put the notifications on and join the Shark City Hockey community. I really appreciate the love and support and the follow. And with that, let's move on to wrapping up our reaction to this game. Um, anytime you beat Pittsburgh, it's a good day, right? Um, they came into our house and hoisted, you know, the most um, prestigious trophy in all sports. Um, my opinion, the best, the absolute best. The World Cup, no. The, the Lombardi trophy that... They are going to be playing for in a couple of weeks. No. The Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup, baby. Anyways, um, so anytime you beat Pittsburgh, it's it's a good day in Sharks territory. That's all I'm trying to get at. Um, if getting to Malkin, he um, you know, he got close to trying to get, you know, his team back into it, but forget him, Logan Chore. He got back to back uh goals, back to back um, um 15 minutes, 35 seconds to the third, and then 19 minutes and 50 seconds. So, um, you know, give or take some change about four minutes apart. Uh, Logan Chor, um, the goal again gives San Jose a lead. Um, at this point, he now has four points on the night, which was the first time he's done that since 2019. Um, and yeah, uh, Barabanov and Mark Edward Vlasic, they both had to assist, you know, so they earned two assists on the night. Uh, Eric Carlson gets his 50th assist of the season 50th assist of the season man this guy is starting to like enter that joe thornton tier right anyways um honestly at this point just really quick sidebar i don't even want to talk about trading carlson anymore because i mentioned this in a previous episode um if anything if anything if you're going to do anything for, for you know the time and the money that's been spent on you here in San Jose, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way or disrespectfully, so pardon me if, if my tone sounds that way. <clears throat> but if if anything, if you want to give back anything to us, let it be the Norris Trophy, right? Anyways, um, so let me move on here. Uh, Logan Couture, he put an empty net goal, so that got him his second goal of the um, 
of the game. It's his first making it his first five point game in his career. All right, it's just the ninth five point game in franchise history. This now coming out of um, public relations for the Sharks. Um, the last time was obviously Timo Meyer when he scored five goals last season. Uh, that was January seventeenth, twenty twenty two. So it's been about a year now, literally. And um, with an assist on Couture's empty net goal, Eric Carlson reached fifty assists on the season, as I mentioned previously. But what I did not mention is that Eric Carlson has now become the fastest NHL defenseman to reach 50 assists on the season. And he did it in 51 games since Sergei Zubov. 49 games. It took him 49 games in 1993-94. All right. So there hasn't been a defenseman that's done this since the Sharks were like two years old. All right. For retrospect. Anyways, um, so just want to check in on the comment section here on YouTube. So I got comments right here. It says, um, you know, you think you would trade someone besides Nieto and uh, you think there'd be somebody we could have got from somebody better. You could have got from the ads, uh, abs, pardon me. Um, agree. Definitely agree. And if you want to feel um, or check out how I feel about that uh, trade, I have reaction on a previous episode. And again, you can check that out at sharkcityhockey.com. Thank you again for interacting. Uh, everybody, whether you're on Twitter, uh, YouTube or Facebook. And, um, so as I wrap up the, um, the two games here this evening, um, the bad, the sharks have a complete meltdown, right? They had a complete meltdown in Carolina. The, the good, if you want to spin it, if anything is the sound of sharks have found a way to score 10 goals in two games. So here's where things are going to start getting like painstakingly obvious where the Sharks need to um, improve on. We could say it's goaltending where we're ranked like, what, dead last? Last time I checked, my, my stats or my, my rankings might be a little off um, as of late, pardon me. Um, I did not check the um, the latest rankings for all that, all that um, in-depth stats, team stats. Um, but... Or since the all-star breaks uh, started, pardon me. But um, if we're not dead last, we're not far from it. Uh, really quick, while we're speaking to goaltending, uh, Capo Kakinen, obviously, he um, he got the victory for San Jose, which is awesome. He put uh, 37 saves up on 41 shots, um, posting a .902 save percentage. Um, he faced two shorthanded shots. Obviously, he let one in, and he faced four shots on the power play, and he surrendered two. Um, but yeah, the Sharks have found a way to score 10 goals in two games. You know what I'm saying? Like, so right now it's painstakingly obvious that defense, defense is struggling and goaltending definitely supposed to be the, the last line, literally the last line of defense on that goal line. Um, you know, it's just, it's just subpar at best. So... We'll see what's going to happen. I'm not going to talk any trade rumors on tonight's program because we've got a lot of cover tonight. But um, I hope they keep Eric Carlson. I really do. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of um, you know insiders that are reporting they do not realistically see him moving until the offseason. I hope so because I want the Norris Trophy to have San Jose's uh, Sharks name etched alongside it uh, again. And... Um, yeah, 
I think trade deadline. I mean, I think it's going to be a fire sell, but again, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to do any trade reaction. I think we might as well just kind of um, focus on, you know, what's ahead, which is um, the NHL All-Star game. And, um, you know, the entire month of February, Sharks have 10 games in February, so we'll go over the opponents and the times and whatnot. And, um, you know, a lot of fans were asking, I've seen this in some, um, you know, subreddit and some forums and the groups, because, you know, I think we're getting... Connor Bedard, um, I forgot the term, pardon me, but long story short, I think we're getting a little too much of it. I don't want to call it overkill, but um, there's a lot of hype around a single player. I mean, it's even like seeped into the home broadcasts, but there's a lot of hype around a single, around one player that the Sunday Sharks legitimately may not have a chance of getting. Now, hey, I'm not saying I'm rooting against San Jose winning the draft lottery. I'm just simply um, suggesting that Sharks fans should probably, um, you know, start focusing their um, their hope or their, um, you know, their enthusiastic um, energy toward this team in some players that we actually might actually be able to welcome to Sharks territory. Anyways, I'll get into some of those and more um, a little bit on later on in the program. Um, but before we move on, look at what's ahead, I do want to say one more thing before I forget here. And that is, let's see, I want to say as I transition, part of the pause is I wait to transition on the uh, video here, my bad, uh, the video feed that is, but I would like to say, that's been out already. I would like to say happy birthday to SJ Sharky. All right. Happy birthday. So this is per SJSharks.com. So um, SJ Sharky has more than 450 public appearances each year. And this is like um, from birthday parties to flower deliveries, bar mitzvahs to weddings, corporate events and charity fundraisers. All right. Uh, Sharky, you know, um, he's busy. <laughs> um, so it's always nice, you know, just kind of uh, sit back and, you know, enjoy a birthday. So happy birthday, SJ Sharky. Um, just a little history again from, uh, for Sharky and for, you know, fans who may be new to the sounds of sharks, uh, SJ Sharky has been selected to represent the team at the NHL all-star game over 20 times and assisted in dropping the ceremonial first puck at the 1997 NHL all-star game over 20 times and assisted in, um, let me see this. Pardon me. I said that the wrong time. He did not assist in dropping a ceremonial puck over 20 times. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, in, 2020, uh, in 2012, the Cartoon Network selected him as the most awesome mascot in all sports at their Hall of Fame, uh, at their Hall of Game Awards show, the first hockey mascot to win the award. Now, before I butcher any further this birthday wish, I just want to say one last time, happy birthday to the hardest working fish in sports, SJ Sharkey. Uh, we love you. We love you. All right. Um, don't change. Uh, the only suggestion I have is, you know, maybe drop the Sharky Gram. Don't sh charge us to have you come to our seat. Just pay a friendly visit for free. Anyways, um, happy birthday, SJ Sharky. We're having some fun here. So um, coming up, we are going to speak on the NHL All-Star Game weekend coming up here. Uh, it's going to be Friday and Saturday. So... We'll get into all the details of that and more because obviously Eric Carlson is going, baby. And um, yeah, 
we will also again speak up uh speak on pardon me the uh top five prospects top five prospects with the exception of Connor Bedard so you know the following four and uh, we'll talk about the next month of Sharks hockey um, don't go anywhere I'm Aaron James this is the Shark City podcast official podcast of sharkcity.com uh, and proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time pretty unrealistic. And how often do those big changes come with big price tags? I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. I love using my everyday earbuds to stay up to date with my favorite podcasts as well as chime in on live broadcasts when I'm taking my pup on a walk. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that lasts all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycon's start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair in a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. You know what gets me hyped about my Raycon is that their custom gel tips are perfect and the most comfortable in-ear fit. And from when I'm at work and I want to zone in and be productive, the noise isolation definitely helps. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com THPN. All right, thank you to everybody, and welcome back to the Shark City Podcast, official podcast of SharkCityHockey.com, proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. So the NHL All-Star weekend is coming through February 3rd and 4th. It's going to be in Sunrise, Florida, and uh, obviously that means it's hosted by the Florida Panthers. So yeah, 2023 NHL All-Star Weekend will take place February 3rd and February 4th. Uh, the NHL All-Star Skills Competition, uh, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, is going to go down on um, 
February 3rd. It's scheduled for Friday. It'll broadcast on ESPN, ESPN Plus. And um, the All-Star Game will be Saturday uh, on ABC Simulcast ESPN Plus. Um, so let's just quickly talk about some of the All-Star Skill events, um, some, some of the things that are going on. So before we get to Skill events, I do want to touch up on this kind of unique thing that's going on. So the National Hockey League is going to transform Fort Lauderdale Beach Park into a hockey paradise during uh, the true during the all-star beach festival okay so this is february 2nd to 4th so this is obviously prior to the skills competition prior to the nhl all-star game uh, going down at fort lauderdale beach park and um you know they're going to have stuff like tech test your hockey skills in the nhl all-star skill zone uh, there's gonna be a franklin sports kids zone designed for hockey's youngest fans you take a picture with the stanley cup obviously if you got to go to the nhl all-star game um, weekend celebrations here at San Jose. Um, yeah, it's amazing to see all the trophies, uh, to see uh, your hometown players uh, taking live interviews like up close in person. Um, I mean, one of the coolest things was when they were doing the trading cards. So um, you can visit the Hockey Hall of Fame exhibit featuring the trophy case. That that was amazing to see the Clarence Campbell trophy, uh, to see the San Jose Sharks name on I mean, anyways. Um, Obviously, you know, they're going to have the um, the um, eighth annual mascot showdown presented by Upper Deck. So, yeah, that uh, Upper Deck will be there again. They create your own personalized hockey training card. Honestly, like if you have if you have that weekend off, Sunrise, Florida might be the place to be. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm just being for real because I've only been to one NHL All-Star game experience and it was enough to make me want to like follow it around uh, annually. Anyways, um, so they're doing this cool thing. I just wanted to like let you know what's going on there. But they do this cool thing where they're asking people. It's kind of like volunteer-based. And um, they're asking people to go alongside and kind of like clean up the beach. Uh, for more information on that, just check out, um, you know, their um, you know, their webpage, NHL.com. But um, I thought that was pretty chill. You know, outside of just doing festivities, they're also trying to do, um, you know, some... You know, they're being conscious about the community around them. Obviously, if you're going to turn uh, Fort Lauderdale... You know, if you're going to turn that beach into like, you know, a party zone, you're going to want to make sure that you also um, emphasize and uh, promote, you know, taking care of, um, you know, the environment and, you know, cleaning up. So anyways, um, you know, some pretty cool stuff. So uh, enough of that. Let's get into the all-star skills events. Uh, so there's a splash shot. It's a new event that will take place at Fort Lauderdale uh, Four teams with two players each competing in single elimination tournament style. Uh, players will compete head to head. Each player will be required to hit targets before attempting to dunk their opponents in a dunk tank. <laughs> oh man, it's going to be a show. Uh, the player to dunk their opponent first wins. If it's a tie, the teams will compete again. Um, so it's a good thing this is going on in Fort Lauderdale, right? Um, can you imagine this being like in Colorado or something? But anyways, uh, pitch and puck is another game. Six players will play par four golf hole with an island green using a combination of pucks and balls. A uh, player with the lowest score wins. If there's a tie, the player with the longest drive will be declared the winner. Uh, Tendi Tandem. 
The eight all-star goalies will take part in teams of two by division. Uh, each team will have one shooting goalie and one in-net goalie. The shooting goalie will take a shot from a designated spot. He will earn three points if the shot goes in the hole, two points if it hits an in-net target, and zero if it misses the net, obviously. Um, based on how he, how the shooting goalie does, in-net goalie will face three, two, or one players on a break. Uh, so NHL shootout rules apply for forward progress. Again, it's probably going to be like, you know, mouthful or ear, earful to, you know, hear it all. But if you want to get more details, check out NHL.com. Okay. Uh, fastest skater obviously is going to be there. Uh, it's a one, uh, one lap around the full rink. Uh, they'll compete in two rounds. The players will, and the preliminary round will determine which two skaters make it to the final. Um, Mike Gartner and Connor McDavid hold the all-time record for most wins with three. And uh, Dylan Larkin has the record for fastest time, 13.172 seconds in 2016. Uh, the hardest shot is going to go down, obviously. I don't think there's any explanation for that. Uh, Al McInnes has the most wins all-time with seven, while Zendeno Chara has the hardest shot recorded at 108.8 miles per hour. That was in 2012. Uh, there's a breakaway challenge. Each shooter will attempt one shot. Panel of judges will grade them on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, accuracy shooting, styrofoam targets placed in four corners of a goal, one per corner. Uh, round one, each player stands at 25 feet. And... Um, Let's see, takes passes from two players at position behind the net, attempting to hit all four targets as quickly as possible. And then uh, the four players who hit four targets the shortest amount of time advance. Uh, check out the website for more details on all those festivities. But all that to say is it's going to go down on Saturday. All right, so um, again, uh, there's a live taping um, of Enterprise Splash Shot Skills Challenge on Thursday, February 2nd at 3.30 p.m. That's over there in uh, Sun uh, Sunset, Florida, local time, right? or Fort uh, Lauderdale Beach, pardon me, Park. And um, there's a live taping there that will air during the 2023 NHL All-Star Skills um, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on ESPN, all right? Um, so moving forward to the NHL All-Star Game. Um, the NHL All-Star Game is going to take place February 3rd. And, um, you know, it's going to be unique because... Um, the Pacific Division lines. Now, I don't know if it's changed or if this is like final. So, pardon me on you know not having that information, um, like one hundred. But I'm um, darn near certain it is. Uh, the Pacific Division lines have been released, and Connor McDavid is going to be on the line with Eric Carlson. Um. Yeah. Uh, the rumors are that Edmonton are looking for a defenseman. Oiler fans, you might get a chance to see that fantasy line come alive. <laughs> um, not making suggestions that Carlson is going to go to the Oilers. But um, from my understanding, um, if he is on the block, and I don't want him to be, but if he is, on, not anymore at least, maybe in the offseason, but if he is on the block and if Edmonton is looking for, you know, and they can't. No one could afford. It. I mean, the reality of the situation is like with with the cap restraints. I mean, I don't see it happening, but you never know. They can make some moves. Sharks might be willing to, you know, retain. Um. Anyways, but yeah, Connor McDavid, some of you consider him the best in the league, is now going to go with the best defenseman in the league. So that's going to be pretty dope. It's going to be pretty dope. Um. Let me just make sure I get the information for this. Um. Accurate. So. 
yeah. I believe it goes down at 3 p.m. 3.30 p.m. Just want to double check that. Yeah, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, so Friday, uh, February 3rd, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So that's 4 p.m. for us here in San Jose. And then uh, Saturday, so that's Friday Skills Competition, 4 p.m. And Saturday at, um, what is it, noon, All-Star Game. That's going to be a nice, uh, nice little weekend because we all know what follows that Sunday, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't know how you all feel about the All-Star Game. I just think it's pretty dope that, um, you know, we actually have someone like that is not just representing, you know, the Sharks for the Pacific Division, but... You know, he's actually like legitimate all-star in the in the league because, you know, he's on his way to winning the Norris Trophy. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty dope. I, I'm, I'm excited, to say the least. And with that, that's going to pretty much do our quick rundown of the NHL, uh, the 2023 NHL all-star game. All right. So, thank you. I just want to take a quick moment to um, – let me just take one quick moment here to um, break away from the show and say thank you. Thank you to everybody who's been watching from the top of the hour on Twitter, on YouTube, and on Facebook. I appreciate uh, the time that you spend to talk Sharks hockey. And, um, you know, I hope that uh, by the end of each one of our programs, you could at least, um, you know, take away something from, from you know, the show. And um, if there is something that you enjoyed specifically, by all means, please leave a comment in the comment section and if there's something that you think needs improve it improvement by all means share it it's all good here um and with that being said um don't be shy hit uh you know smash that subscribe button smash that like button hit the heart whatever um you know whatever social media platform you're viewing this on uh show some love it's well appreciated thank you and that's all i'm gonna say all right so i've been um I've been a little bit active in online communities lately. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I'm kind of in a way starting my own hockey journey, if you will, because there is a no, there's another aspect of the game that I kind of want to um, get into a little bit more in depth. So um, thank you for joining me and welcome <laughs> to, uh, you know, welcome to this journey alongside. Uh, but all that to say is, um, I got a little inspiration from the community out there. I was reading um, comments throughout about how um, the fan base essentially wishes that there'd be more, um, you know, more content featuring the prospect pool outside of Connor Bedard, because obviously all we've been hearing is tank for Bedard hashtag tank for Bedard. I mean, it's got to the point where like, the home broadcast team is creating segments out of it. You know what I mean? Like, so they're jumping on board the hype, but, um, I don't know if it's just the realist, the realism, uh, me being realistic or just the, the fact that I feel like the sharks are not going to, I don't know. I mean, right now they're finishing fifth. I mean, right now they're at fifth. They're kind of like, you know, staying, they're staying on the cusp, but something tells me, especially with, you know, scoring 10 goals in the last two games that the sharks are going to figure something out. Now, on the other side of that, that coin, uh, let me finish that thought real quick. They're going to figure something out, and they may they may end up in the standings further away from that first-round pick than some of us would like to see. Um, so on the other side of that coin, um, 
if players like Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson that are rumored to be on the move or at least on the trade block, um, or James Reimer, who even though it doesn't show, he's been okay. James Reimer has been, and I'm going to soapbox really quick here, but James Reimer has been the absolute best goaltender that we've had since Martin Jones. I don't know if that's saying anything. <laughs> I don't know if that's really saying anything like positive because I know how some of y'all Sharks fans felt about uh, Martin Jones. But, um, you know, we got, you know, the fan base asked for Martin Jones to be bought out and they got their wish. And, um, you know, James Reimer came in and the numbers aren't there. They're not there. But the guy is, you know, until there's nothing else left he can absolutely do. He is typically the one that holds the Sharks in games or keeps them in games. He he deserves much more. So um, I'm glad Capo uh, Kakinen got the victory against Sidney Crosby and the um, the Penguins because I'm pretty sure that's going to be a huge confidence booster to go out there and do it against you know one of the best teams in the league right now. Um, just for reference, um, the Pittsburgh Penguins are the 16th best team in the league. Um, so I'm pretty sure, you know, Kapokakinen, who hasn't been able to string together a, a couple of wins in a while, you know, that's got to feel good. That's got to feel good. You know what I'm saying? To, you know, go up against the likes of um, Malkin and Crosby, etc., and and win. Anyways, um, so let me get off my soapbox here really quick, my bad. I digress. I'll wrap up the point with James Reimer. Has been a solid goaltender for us. Glad to see Capo Kakinen getting some wins. But James Reimer has been the man. He's been the man. He's been a starting goaltender. I mean, they've been throwing his name out there in the trade discussion since last season. And I was, me personally, I've said it. You could check again. Check on SharkCityHockey.com. I'll say it. James Reimer was a starting goaltender since last season. Even in the midst of Aiden Hill and Capo Kakinen, James Reimer was the number one goaltender. Obviously, this season, he was finally, um, you know, given that respect, put some respect on his name. But um, still, it's 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 a shame that for someone that that consistently like is there for us, except for when he gets scored on. I get it in that rebound control, but you know, what I'm trying to say, uh, for most for the better part of the game, uh, James Reimer is probably the only defense the Sharks have. And, you know, it's a shame that, you know, the results are the way they are this season. Anyways, you you already get the point and the gist I'm trying to say. So he might be on the block. All right. And, um, yeah. All that to say is if Reimer's on the block, if Timo's on the block, and if Eric Carlson's on the block, then the opposite side of that coin of winning and getting further away from the first round uh, pick is that we fall even deeper in the standings because... Um, you know, our goal scorers are now gone or, you know, the people who are, you know, creating the offense on the ice are no longer a part of the team. Um, so some of you out there might have heard that the Sunday like Sharks are the best worst team because even though we have the same amount of wins as Chicago and Columbus, it's those extra points, those overtime games that we've dropped 11 in those shootouts and whatnot. Those games are, you know, pushing us up higher on the standings. So it's a little ironic. And if anything, it's another, um, you know, I don't want to call it a lesson, but essentially, 
you know, that's the epitome of why, um, you know, you don't play this game of trying to, you know, tank in the standings. And according to NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman last week, no team does that. No player or coach does that. And that's all I'm going to say. We already know the rest of that conversation goes. All right, Sharks fans. Um, so now that we're kind of, um, I think, appropriately, um, kind of appropriate time to do a segue now that we were talking about, um, you know, tanking and draft position, et cetera, et cetera. Let's get into um, the prospects that the Sharks may more than likely have a good legitimate shot at getting. All right. So here we go. We're going to start off with Adam Fantilli. All right, and I'm just going to be 100 with you really quick, all right? Um, this right here is going to be a preview of the top four prospects following Connor Bedard. Um, these rankings are by elite prospects, and um, I'm going to just do what well, essentially is the top five minus Bedard. So we're going to do number two, three, four, and five. Um, why? Because the Sharks right now sit as, you know, having the fifth overall selection. So I think... As of just today or tonight, pardon me, it's a little bit more realistic to just cover, you know, the four prospects following Connor Bedard, right? Because these are probably the four that we have a legitimate chance at. So let's introduce Sharks territory to Adam Patilli, all right? Um, he's a highly skilled, intelligent center per uh, Dauber Prospects. Uh, he has great size. He is projected to be a top six. Um, top six um forward so really quick uh his stats he's 18 years old he plays center he's 6'2 187 pounds shoots left um he's ranked number two by consolidated ranking uh ranked number two by the hockey news ranked number two by tsn bob mckenzie ranked number two by uh, mckean's hockey ranked number two by tsn greg Boone. you're getting the gist of it ranked number two by nhl central scouting for north american skaters I mean, this guy is definitely going after Connor Bedard is the point I'm trying to get at. Okay. Um, so he's been playing his career, if you want, since 14. Okay. Since U14, you know, he's come from Toronto Junior Canadians, under 14, a AAA squad. That was back in 2017. Um, let's talk about some more pro level, pro level um, stuff here. So he plays in the USHL, or he did. He's now going to Michigan. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he played on the Chicago Steel. Um, two, two seasons, all right? His first season in the USHL, he played 49 games and put up 60, or excuse me, 36 points, 18 goals, 18 assists. The following year in 2021-2022 with the Chicago Steel in the USHL, um, Adam Fantilli put up um, 74 points points okay in 54 games that's 37 goals 37 assists i love how consistent he is just a year prior to that in uh and his high school prep at uh kimball union academy in 26 games he had 36 points and 18 goals 18 assists it's like even i love it anyways uh right now he's has 22 games under his belt by the way obviously he's in the world juniors I have to mention that he played four games in the world juniors on Canada's run to the championship, um, you know, gold and all that good stuff. He played, he put up six points. He had a goal and five assists in four games. All right. Um, so moving on to where he's at now and uh, with the university of Michigan and the NCAA, he's put 22 games uh, on ice as a Wolverine. All right. Uh, 16 goals, 
23 assists for a total of 39 points. And uh, let's just go into some of his recent uh, performances. We're going to cover this past week. And so uh, Friday, this past Friday, um, he had two goals and two assists in a 7-3 uh, victory that Michigan had um, over Penn State. They played them back-to-back. Um, and then they beat him again 5-4 the following day on Saturday. And he had two assists. All right. So he's, um, you know, solid, very solid um, kid. Uh, he was, some of his awards, he was a USHL All-Rookie Second Team, USHL Clark Cup Champion, the Clark Cup MVP. Uh, this was in 2021. Um, in 2022, 2021-2022 um, last season, he was first um, All-Star Team in the USHL. And obviously, you know, most most recently, more prestigiously, in the Under-20 World Juniors, um, you know, championship, he got the gold medal. Um, yeah, so this right here is the number two ranked prospect in the world. Um, if you're into like, you know, simulations, uh, franchise hockey manager, it's a NHL licensed simulation. Essentially, if you play, you know, EA sports and you do franchise mode, it's the same thing with the, without the gameplay, right? But um, they have him pretty pretty highly ranked with shooting accuracy, passing, puck handling, and probably more importantly, teamwork and leadership. Um, not that that means much because, you know, how will it translate into, you know, the pro level or even the AHL level? It will, you know, it will be, you know, it will yet to be seen. But long story short, you know, being at 6'2", some say 6'3", um, this is going to be a big big um you know power forward that the sharks could use they really could um so again he had that great year 37 assists 37 um goals 54 games um you know he he's report the reports on him he plays very well around the game he's always fighting to get possession of the puck in the defensive zone uh, he anticipates the play very well so, you know, he has some good hockey IQ, um, powerful and quick skater, uh, great with edges and uh, four-way mobility. He has an elite shot. Uh, this right here is all coming from a Dober or Dober Prospects, pardon me. Uh, he's got exceptional hands. Um, yeah, I mean, it goes on. That report uh, was Evan Pace. That was a report from Evan Pace. Um, they say he might not have the same dominance he did in the juniors in the NCAA, but he'll find a way to make a significant impact this season. And I would say he already has. He already has. Uh, again, his uh, numbers with the Wolverines, uh, 39 points in 22 games. So this right here, uh, Sharks territory, is, you know, all the noise following Connor Bedard. All right. Um, going to be a very stacked year for um for talent in my opinion so for those of you who are doing hashtag tank for bedard if we don't get him it's not really that that bad it really isn't um so you know with the exception i mean you know with adam uh, fantilli ranked at number two we're also going to go into number three ranked and um again you know some good news for sharks fans because if we don't get a number one draft spot you know there's still uh, it's, it's it's a it's you know it's a quite quite a deep prospect pool this season. Um, so Leo Carlson, imagine that. Soundsy Sharks might get rid or trade Eric Carlson 
and then bring on what you know what happens if they could bring on another Carlson, right? Uh, he plays center and wing. He's an 18-year-old. He's out of Sweden. Uh, Karlstad, Sweden. Shoots left, 194 pounds, 6'3". Another big, another big kid. Another big kid. Uh, ranked number three by Consolidated Ranking. Obviously, these rankings are being uh, referred to, uh, are being presented to you. Um, uh, excuse me. Let me re-say that. And thank you for giving me another opportunity to do this. Um, these rankings that I am presenting to you are the EliteProspects.com's rankings. However, he is also ranked number three by the Hockey News, TSN. Um, he's actually ranked number one for European skaters by NHL Central Scouting. Okay, uh, Sportsnet's. If you like Sportsnet's, you want to know their take. They think he's number two, but essentially, uh, Elite Prospects believes, and what it seems to be the more um, popular opinion amongst um you know prospect ranking is that he's number three overall uh so who is leo carlson okay so again he's a center shoots left 18 year old six three big kid um a lot of his action lot, everything that he's been doing since 2017 has been in sweden okay so um let's just quickly talk about um his stats and because I'm seeing the time here, we almost went over an hour. Thank you to everybody. So let's just quickly go over his stats right now, what his projections are. He's um, playing um, in the SHL, all right? And um, he has 31 games, 5 goals, 13 assists for 18 points. He's projected to play 45 games this season, finishing with 26 points, 7 goals, 19 um, assists. Uh, in the World Juniors, he had played seven games, put up six points, three goals, three assists. Uh, you know, the kick score, and he could set up goals. And um, let's see, really quick here. What is his high ranks, Marks? Um, he's, I would say, a pretty solid player in terms of shooting accuracy and in terms of his speed. I think... Um, if you want to do a comparison, obviously Bedard and Fantilli are going to be faster. That's just my opinion. Um, <clears throat> but nonetheless, and I know these these um, these reviews are very vague, but I'm not trying to break down prospects to you. I'm just trying to introduce to you the prospect pool outside of Connor Bedard. So I just want to make sure um, everyone understands what's going on here. <laughs> so yes, he's projected to get 26 points, and he's projected at number three overall. Uh, moving on, so... Uh, Adam Fantilli, for those who um, are keeping score and keeping count, Leo Carlson at number three. And now we have the number fourth projected overall. Again, this is projected and ranked number four by Elite Prospects is Matvi Michkov. Okay. Uh, Matvi Michkov is an 18 year old, um, he's a Russian player. He plays right wing. He's 5'10", 148 pounds. He's on the smaller side. Um, but, I mean, if anything is, um, if anything, how do I say this properly? Uh, I'll spit it out the, the quickest way I can. If there's anything apparent this season, it's that um, the size doesn't really uh, matter when it comes to, you know, the skill set. Sure, you're not, my, you may not be a, you know, a big power forward like um, 
Adam Ventilli or Leo Carlson could potentially be with their size at 6'3", but 5'10", uh, I mean, Connor Bedard, right? Like, um, he's the same height. So the skill, you know, the skill set, and again, I covered this a couple of episodes ago, but, you know, these skill sets are starting to um, break the status quo because it's always supposed to be like you always want a bigger guy, right? Like, who did you want on your team um, through an 82-game season, going down the stretch uh, to win playoff series? to try to make it to that cup. And the status quo has always been you want the big guys, right? You want the muscle. Well, um, this kid isn't going to satisfy those of you out there who like what they refer to as meat and potatoes. Cannot stand that, but um, he is ranked number two by NHL Central Scouting for European skaters, uh, ranked number four by Sportsnet, and um, number four by the Hockey News, number four by TSN, and obviously number four by Elite Prospects. Um... EPRinkside.com said that Michkov brings every offensive tool you could want to the table, a wicked wrister, elusiveness, and vision. Draft in Europe says he becomes quick around the net. He can make quick turns down low to then drive the net and display his quick hands in tight traffic. All right, so he's currently playing in the KHL. And um, he's projected to just get 30 games this season at 11 points. All right. So um, let's see. Most recently, I mean, in terms, if, if you just want to count his points, I mean, he hasn't really done much recently. Um, January 14th was the last time he got um, a tally. He earned an assist. A few games prior to that, he put up a goal and assist. And, um, you know, it's his puck handling, his agility that really uh, make him, in my opinion, uh, a desirable uh, draft choice. Uh, some of his accomplishments, he's won, um, let's see, uh, the District Cup for under 14 silver medal, um, District's Cup under 15 bronze medal. Uh, let's just move up a little bit more to his pro career level. Um, he was an MHL champion. Uh, he has an MHL playoffs most goals, 13. And, um, yeah, he has the Halinka Grinsky Cup most points with 13 and most goals with eight. Obviously, he's a gold medalist uh, with um, the Halinka Grinsky um, Cup gold medalist, that is. So, um, thank you again. Let me um, take a sip of my tea here. Rather lengthy episode. We're doing overtime. We've already went over what's official um regulation game in the national hockey league so thank you once again to everybody who's uh, been watching this program here as we talk sharks hockey on this uh monday night i'm uh, doing this prime time baby anyways um last but not least as we kind of just again i'm just introducing you to some different names that are not connor bedard all right uh, maybe some players you get excited about i don't know if i'm going to generate excitement for you but you know maybe these are some players you can look into and maybe you can say like tank for uh for carlson or tank for benson or mitchkoff or something i don't know anyways just kidding uh 17 year old zach benson is ranked number five on um eliteprospects.com's um you know prospect their whole uh, draft center their prospects list um he is ranked number five by consolidated ranking as well um number seven for North American skaters by NHL Central Scouting. Uh, number five by Bob McKenzie of TSN. Number nine by the Hockey News. 
So um, I wanted to cover him for sure because um, if the Sharks do not end up being, um, you know, anywhere close to even fifth, like if they end up moving down a couple of spots, I think the most is two. So if they end up going to like number seven, you know, um, even if they go to number seven, Zach Benson could still be a, a solid uh, option possibility. And I know right now I'm just covering forwards. So maybe I'll go into defense next time around. Who knows? Um, just trying this out and seeing how it goes and seeing how I like it. Um, so 510, a little bit more on the smaller side, 160 uh, Canadian from uh, Langley, British Columbia, Canada, to be exact. Um, let's see. Oh, snap. Right when I'm going to roll things. Got a little lag. Pardon me. All right, so he's he, right now he's in the WHL with the Winnipeg Ice. He's projected to reach 108 points this season. 108 points, okay? Right now, he's played 41 games, 25 goals, 41 assists, 66 total points. His projection, if he continues on this level, is 108 points. I'm excited about Zach Benson. Legitimately more than I am about Connor Bedard. Because to me, Connor Bedard is a dream, but the reality could be Zach Benson. And because there isn't really a uh, unanimous um, decision on his ranking across the board with all the uh, you know prospect rankers out there, I feel like um, you know this right here would be a legitimate forward to like maybe uh, look into. Um, you know, someone to pair alongside Eklund and Bordalo. Because here's the thing. I just want to say this really quick. And I don't know if this sounds a little bit out there, but I get a little exasperated of everybody kind of like uh, jocking Connor Bedard because um, to me, it's like, nah, man, like we got Bordalo and Eklund. Like to me, those are our starting, you know, lineups. And I'm looking for the perfect complement to them, not somebody to like, um, and this might sound a little weird, but let me explain myself. I feel like if Connor Bedard like goes in the mix of them, then like, it's, it's kind of like, and I don't mean this disrespectfully. So pardon me. All right. Just stick with it. It almost feels like Eklund and, and Bordel will become the afterthought. And that's what it feels like right now. I mean, I know that sounds a little out there. Obviously that's not the case. Most of you out there are saying like, now we want Bernard to be with Eklund and Bordalo because that's like, you know, the dream team. I get it. But um, for some reason, I just can't feel that the focal point should be Eklund and Bordalo, the two that we already have. And um, maybe pairing them with a winger, like a veteran winger. We'll see. But um in terms of prospects, if you want to try to pair them with a rookie draft pick, eventually, because even if we get Connor Bedard, who's to say that he's going to even play uh, for the Cuda, let alone the Sharks? Um, I mean, look what happened with Eklund, right? But um, back to the point, um, I feel like I feel like that's our dynamic duo, Bordalo and Eklund, and I feel like the Sharks have you know the depth in the prospect pool to kind of find someone to like pair up with them. Um, I think we need chemistry. We definitely need more chemistry. Um, I mean, we need defense more than anything, to be honest with you. 
And if if, if I could be 100% honest with you, I would prefer the Sharks to maybe draft the defender as well, but that will be for another episode. But to wrap up my thoughts on Connor Bedard and then to show some more respect to Zach Benson, part of me as I um, do a soapbox in the middle of his segment. Um, I just feel like our guys is Eklund and Bordalo, and that should suffice. That should be enough. Um, kind of like encouraging all the other fans to get on board with this tank for the number one pick. If there wasn't a draft lottery, which thank goodness there is, or else this happened regularly. But uh, if there wasn't a draft lottery, lottery, excuse me, if there wasn't a draft lottery, um, then it would make a little bit more sense. But the fact that the Sharks could end number one, like the last team in the league, dead last, like worst team, and still not get the number one draft pick just doesn't make it worth it, in my opinion. And to me, I feel like in a way like... um. And it probably just has to do with the fact that the Sharks are not doing any good. Like, you know, maybe maybe the fantasy is just better than the reality. I mean, when you only have 15 victories, then yeah, I get it. But I feel like, um, I don't know. I guess I feel like if Conor Bernard was to come in, it, it, and obviously this is what you all want out there. You're like, this is exactly what we want. But, you know, it'd be like Crosby. You know, it's going to always be the Crosby show. It's always, you know, he's going to be the franchise player. He's going to be the one that the team, like, folk, like they centered that's the centerpiece and everything else is going to build around him. And I personally feel like, like we don't really need that because we already have like, um, you know, two players in my opinion that could do all that. And then some, but that's it. That's my soapbox. I mean, uh, you know, I just feel some type of way, I guess. Um, so my apologies again to Zach Benson. Let's wrap up the program with Zach Benson here. Um, Zach Benson, again, for those of you who need to be reminded, is projected to get 108 points in the WHL with the Winnipeg Ice. He currently has 66 points with 41 games under his belt, 25 goals, 41 assists. Um, he is a forward, 5'10", just a little bit under a buck 60. Um, let's take a look at how he did this past weekend. So on Saturday, um, he played again. He's a Winnipeg ISWHL. Played the uh, Red Deer Rebels. He it was a five-one victory. He earned an assist in that game. He earned two assists on Sunday, the twenty-second, so a week ago, and a six-zero victory over the um, Moose Jaw Warriors. Uh, his best game. So he has two four-point game performances this past month. So on Wednesday, the eighteenth, uh, he. Um, the Winnipeg Ice beat the Prince Albert Raiders 8-1. to It was a game in which he had a goal and three assists. And um, a game in which they beat the uh, Portland Winterhawks 6-3. They beat the Winnipeg Ice. Um, he had three goals, so a hat trick, and an assist. So, you know, um, the kid could light the lamp. He could definitely provide some um, scoring opportunities. Uh, where he shines is in his puck handling and his speed and agility. Uh, some of his awards, he was a CSHL U15 champion. Um, he has the most assists and points um, for the 2019-2020 season in the CSSHL. So he had 56 assists, 86 uh, points. He won the MVP 
that season. And he's a um, Helenka Gretzky gold. Excuse me, Helenka Gretzky Cup gold medalist. Uh, so yeah, I'm thinking um, this is the guy <laughs> that the Sharks should really focus on. Uh, put this guy, and he shoots left, so you know, you know, put put him on the line with anyone, Bortolo and or Eklund, and I think they'll make some magic happen. So again, the whole point of this segment was to introduce you to some more names outside of Connor Bedard. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I feel some type of way. Maybe I'm getting a little bit um, exasperated of hearing, um, you know, something that feels like it's, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it doesn't feel plausible. Anywho. Um, so just a recap here. Um Connor Bedard is obviously going to be number one draft pick, plain and simple. Okay, but following him, and these rankings are coming from elite prospects, are Adam Fatilli, Leo Carlson, Matthew Mishkoff, and Zach Benson. I would like to see Zach Benson, or maybe even Mishkoff, come to the team. But um, you know, we'll see. We'll see where the Sharks land, because again. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but something's starting to click. Maybe it's just me. Maybe, you know, the frustration that led over because Logan Couture was talking about, um, you know, how they just wanted to finish um, before the All-Star break. They just wanted to finish strong. You know what I mean? And they did. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in regulation, 6-4. Uh, and Couture led by example with a five-point game, his first career five-point game. Um, two goals and three assists for those who... Uh, or keep keeping count, but back to the point. Um, you know, if the Sharks decide to do what they've been doing, and if you forgot, even though they lost, even though they lost to Carolina, they scored four goals, and then they went on the next night, literally less than 24 hours later, and put on six more. 10 goals in two games. Now, I don't want to blow it out of proportion because I don't know if this type of production is going to continue. Obviously, the goals against is what's killing us. Penalties as well. Penalties as well, obviously. But the point I'm trying to get at here is, um, is you know, if the Sharks can string together some more uh, scoring flurries like they have been in the past, um, you know, 80-plus minutes of hockey. Or, no, excuse me. 120 plus minutes of hockey, excuse me. Then, you know, we might fall further away from that number one draft spot. So, um, I highly doubt it, but we'll see. And all that to say is, I think we got to start realistically looking into, um, you know, the rest of the prospects that are available for Saudi Sharks um, to draft because unless they're number one, they're not getting Connor Bedard. And that's all I got to say about that. Once again, a big, Big shout out and thank you to everyone who's watching, whether you're in Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. I appreciate you. Thank you for showing love and support. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for uh, liking the content. Uh, thank you for, you know, being on this journey with Shark City Hockey for the last, uh, you know, few seasons. Uh, we started when this bad boy started to fall apart. So <laughs> we bleed till, baby. Going to keep, keep on, um, you know, keep on going on until, you know, We'll see. We'll see what happens. 
until this team decides to call it what it is and start to, you know, I think trade the trade deadline will, will say everything. If they get rid of the goaltending, if they get rid of Meyer, if they get rid of Carlson, then, you know, strap in because I'm thinking, you know, it's going to take us a couple of years to get out of this. Um, but, you know, if they decide to ink Meyer, rumors are he wants nine. Before that, people are saying he is valued at 10. I personally think seven and eight is pushing it because, quite frankly, um, I understand his projections. I understand the analytics, but come on. What have we not learned from, from these past contracts? Anyways, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, I love you, Salazar Sharks. I love you, Sharks fans. I love everybody out there who's been enjoying the show. Uh, thank you for the love. So I just want to show it back, reciprocate it. Uh, I'm Aaron James. This has been the Shark City Podcast for January 30th, 2023. This is the 24th episode of our second season. Um, let's end the program now here with what's going to be a preview of the next month of hockey. So some of these sharks are now on an all-star break. Okay. Um, the next month of sharks hockey is going to be rather tough. <laughs> um, I cannot believe Seattle, man. You know, what really grinds my gears is all these freaking new kids on the block in the Pacific division finding themselves like instant success, but that's just me throwing some shade. All right. Uh, so the Saturday Sharks have 10 games following the all-star weekend. So right now they're on the all-star break. Uh, their next game, um, they're still on a road trip, eight game road trip. They got three more. So they played five. They got three more to go. Um, they're going to be playing Tuesday, February 7th at 4 o'clock. That's our time here in San Jose, California. So Pacific Standard Time, 4 o'clock, Tuesday, February 7th. They'll be taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, the San Jose Sharks will then play um, their neighbors and host of the All-Star Game, the Florida Panthers, same time. Um, you know, Same Shark time, same Shark channel, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's Everything I'm going to say is for San Jose, okay? So... Thursday, February 9th, Sharks gonna take on the Panthers. And then they'll finish off the road trip against the Washington Capitals. Um, that's Sunday, February 12th. It's going to be at 10.30 a.m. So, you know, breakfast with the Sharks, as Randy Hahn, I believe, says. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be um, Sunday morning hockey. And we're going to take on Ovi and the Caps. Sharks return home for a one-game stint. Valentine's Day, you know, they came home maybe to maybe to break your heart, maybe to, you know, um, warm it. Who knows? Um, all we know is that we recently defeated the Penguins, so why not do it at home again? Penguins are going to be um, at the tank on Valentine's Day. Face-off is 7.30 p.m. Uh, the Sharks are going to jump right back on the road uh, for a quick little uh, trip to Vegas. Where they'll take on the Golden Knights at 7 o'clock, February 16th. Uh, two days later, they come back to the tank and they'll finish off the month of February at home. So five consecutive games uh, at home in the month of February. Uh, the Sharks will be hosting the Sabres February 18th at 7.30. February 20th, we're going to take on the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken. 
Oh, man. I cannot believe that they are freaking going to play out. Anyways, uh, 1 o'clock, February 20th for that game. Uh, February 23rd, Predators are going to be at the tank. Some of the Sharks are going to take on Nashville Predators, hosting them. And then uh, February 25th, this right here should be on every Sharks fan's calendar. All right, so February 25th, they are going to take on Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, now it's not because they're taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. It's because on February 25th, during the game against the Chicago Blackhawks, they are going to retire the greatest San Jose Sharks players of all time. It's jersey number. And it'll become the first jersey number in franchise history to be raised to the rafters. That's number 12. All right. So that is going to be going down on February 25th. The day prior. Okay. So February 25th is on a Saturday. So the night prior is going to be the Legends game at Tech CU Arena. All right. So you're going to have GM. Mike Greer lace up the skates with Sharks legends, Patrick Marlowe, and a whole nother list of the alumni. Uh, that's going on the night prior, uh, the February 24th at the Tech CU Arena. All right. Um, let me see. And then where did I leave off? Pardon me. And yeah, so moving forward. The last game is going to be on the last day. The last game of the month is on the last day of February as well. February 28th, 7.30, the Sharks are going to host the Canadians. And that is what we have to look forward to in terms of opponents for the next, um, you know, the next month of Sharks hockey. Now, for the sake of just, you know, now, I've already said this, I think, about like a few episodes at this point now, like maybe like last month, I think it was, or at the beginning of the month, pardon me, at the beginning of the month, I mentioned that the San Jose Sharks had like the 30 or the 25th, it was, um, toughest schedule. Pardon me on that stat. Go check out the previous podcast at sharkcityhockey.com to, you know, get the exact uh, stat. But back to the point. Um now they have the eighth toughest schedule, you know, for the rest of the season. So um, just to give into perspective, you know, um, some of these opponents are going to be here uh, that we'll be playing against soon. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning are sixth. They're the sixth best team in the league right now. Um, you know, Florida Panthers, they're just a little bit above 500. All right. Uh, they're 24-22-6 and six after 52 games. They're um, hanging out at 21st best, so, you know, it is what it is. Obviously, um, you know, the the Washington Capitals, even though, how do I say this properly? Even though, you know, they're the 14th best team in the league, um, I think are they're just slightly above 500 is the way I was going to say. I think, um, you know, like, <laughs> I think that's going to be uh, the game to, to really watch. I mean... I loved seeing how they handled Sid the Kid. Let's see how they handle Obi. I would love the Sharks to win these games. And I think if they win these big games, like if they could find a way to win against Tampa and then find a way to win against the Capitals, obviously we want them to beat Florida. 
but you you see you see what I'm trying to say here is I think if they if they they'll start building confidence, you know what I'm saying, and you know maybe they'll finish the season a little bit stronger and with a little bit more clarity, right? Because right now that's what just seems like the Sharks just don't have an identity outside of you know the ones that you hear about goaltending the defense and etc. Anyways, uh, moving on. My bad. A little soapbox here, a little tangent. Uh, Penguins, we already handled them, so forget them. Uh, Vegas, obviously, is a team that is going to be tough because not only are they our division rival, practically our arch nemesis at this point, but they're the 10th best team in the league. Um, doesn't get much easier with um, Buffalo. They're, you know, right now they're at 26 19 and 4. Uh, they're floating, you know, they're slightly below 600. But, um, you know, historically, at least historically, when, um, you know, we're on the road, obviously we're hosting them here, but historically we don't fare very well against these uh, Sabres. Um, I'm not even going to go further into the standings because this next one's insulting. <laughs> the Seattle Kraken are the eighth best team in the league. That's all I'm going to say. Um Nashville, you never know you're going to get Nashville. I mean, I'm still kind of having like um, PTSD off of that, you know, eight eight goals scored at the tank. So I'll be eager to see what they do when they come here on the 23rd. And um, I think we're going to handle Chicago. Absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, there's no way that sounds like Sharks are going to lose the game when they retire in the game that they're going to retire Marlo's number in just absolutely not, you know what I'm saying? And then, um, you know, the Canadians, I think they're trying to, you know, dip a little bit closer to that, you know, number one spot. So I could see them like, you know, now teams don't take, but they find ways to lose. And I think maybe the Canadians will find a way to lose a little bit more than the sharks will that game, but we'll see. You know what I mean? Um, if I had to predict, out of these 10 games, if I want to be a homer, as they say, I would say the Sharks go 7-3. and three. Or if you know you want to be a little bit more exact with hockey terms, um, let's just split it up. I'll say they'll go 5-2-1 um, and one, or 5-1-2. and two. How about that? You know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking. 5-1-2 and two at, the end of the, uh, at the end of the month. That's the hope. But we'll see. All right. And that's it. That's the month of hockey. Um Leading up to the trade deadline, baby. So things are about to get super interesting here. And um, with that being said, wow, we went 90 minutes. Thank you to everybody. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who's been watching and enjoying the program from the top of uh, the other hour. I'm Aaron James. This has been the Shark City Podcast, official podcast of SharkCityHockey.com. Proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, thank you for your time. Um, this has been... Season 2, episode 24. Um, this is Shark City Podcast for January 30th, 2023. If you're watching us live on YouTube, please like, subscribe, follow. If you're watching us on Twitter, do the same. And if you're watching us on Facebook, please, likewise. Um, thank you once again for all, all, all the uh, support. And, um, you know, for previous episodes of Shark City Hockey, I mean, for the Shark City podcast, visit sharkcityhockey.com. And uh, with that, let's go Sharks. I'm going to enjoy the all-star break. I think I will more than likely be on here a few times. We're also going to connect um, during the all-star weekend. 
And if the Sharks decide to make some more transactions, we'll do so as well. Uh, maybe even throw in an episode committed to the uh, CUDA in the very near future. But until next time, I am Aaron James. This is the Shark City Podcast. Please, um, how do I say this properly? Um, I don't want to say it, please. I mean, thank you. Thank you again for, um, you know, uh, staying here and talking Sharks hockey with me for this past um, 90 minutes. Till next time, as I usually say, let's go Sharks. And um, yeah, with that being said, I'm signing off. Y'all have a great rest of your Monday evening. And, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully the Sharks, when they come back in a couple of weeks, about a week, right? Yeah, when they come back on February 7th, when they're back in action, um, you know, hopefully the break could rejuvenate them. Hopefully they go out there and they string together some wins. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, the ceremonious weekend uh, that Patrick Marlowe is about to have in this upcoming month. All right. I'm Aaron James. This is Shark City Podcast. Y'all have a great rest of your night.